We are telling on ourselves to better ourselves. We do not represent or are we affiliated with Alcoholics Anonymous. We're simply here to share our experience, strength, and hope to get us through another day. And through that, hopefully, we might be able to help someone else. Hi, everybody. I'm Lynn. I'm Bree. I'm Vicky. And we're telling on ourselves. Telling, telling, telling on ourselves. Telling, 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 telling on ourselves. Yeah, it's fun. It is fun. Gotta be honest. Yep. <laughs> Gotta be accountable. <laughs> and with that, let's talk about our first thought wrong. Once again, Bree's the winner. She's got the golden ticket. But wait, what's a first thought wrong? Oh, yeah, someone asked us. <laughs> what is a first thought wrong, Brie? I'll talk about it. <laughs> yeah, let's talk about they, first they thought wrong. Where did we okay. get this okay. concept, so, and what is it? This is, um, we saw, I saw a comedy show. This is something I've heard in the rooms before, but I saw a comedy show at a uh, event. It was like a pork chop dinner or something of that nature, <laughs> and um, this guy was talking about his alcoholism, and he, what he was saying was, he can't trust his first thought because always, inevitably, his first thought is wrong, okay? And I very much related to that since I carried it for, like, years and years and years. Same, same. Um, Now, sometimes my second thought is wrong, too. (laughs) Um, But usually my third thought can be a little bit better. And and I guess the idea is uh, I think this is more about... Um, in the program, we talk about living the next right, doing the next right thing, right? So traditionally, in my mind, I can only speak for me, but in my mind, my first thought is negative or inquisitive or skeptical, like, what are you trying to get out of me? And what, what does this mean? And blah, blah, blah. How does this benefit me? Oh, it doesn't? Bye. Well, I don't go there. Oh. <laughs> That's just me. That's no, you. where I go is um, what... what because I'm, I'm manipulative by nature because I want people to like me, right? So my first thought is always like, ooh, do you like what I'm doing? Do you, or do I like what you're doing? Or It's a very pat on the back kind of thing. Yours is very much like transactional. Yes. Yep. yes. You know, I think that is yours. What's your way of thinking? Mine is, am I doing what they want me to do? Mine is all about um, pleasing and expectations. And when you try to read somebody else's mind to figure out what you think they want you to do. So you're like the dancing monkey trying to get treats. Dance First monkey thought wrong. And I learned that when I was a child because my had very unhappy home life. And I was like the comedic relief. So I was always trying to read the room. You were the monkey. And anticipate. The monkey with the little hat. Yeah. And the vest. That's and I was I was the depressed monkey. <laughs> so I, I would be like dramatic. I would be like if I if I didn't do what you wanted me to do, I would be like, okay, I'm so sorry. This hurts me. And then a victim. Uh-huh. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And then I was and you're like, transactional. I was the, like the mafia. I'm like, so what are you gonna do for <laughs> me? So if I do this for you, what are you gonna do for me? Show me the yeah. cash. Ca- ca- what are you gonna pay me? <laughs> If you don't pay me, I'm going to find someone who's going to make you pay me. Speaking of paying. <laughs> Speaking of paying. So, so I guess first thought wrong is just kind of like naturally where we go in our head. And in the program, it tells us to pause. Mm. Um, there's a lot of pausing because I think um, 
I don't know about everybody, but alcoholic by nature is instant gratification for me. I want more. Um, boom, boom, boom. And I think when I don't follow that first thought, sometimes the first thought can be right. I was going to say. As you work the program more. Mm-hmm. It's it, not always wrong. wrong. Yeah. Right. Eventually, your first thought, hopefully, if, is, becomes is right. good. Yeah. yeah. And then it surprises you so much. Right. It throws like, you off. You're like, wait a minute. Oh, my God. Oh, my God. <laughs> but am I sure that's right? <laughs> yeah, that's what I do. Yeah. I'm like, wait a minute. That can't be right. Wait, it is right. And that the beauty of the pause, you can go through that crazy little scenario in your head. Yes. So <laughs> I don't know who that comedian was, but I love him. And it really has changed my recovery since I saw that. And it was probably five years ago. Yeah. Well, and if he's listening, please, you know, let us shout know. Shout out to and us. And we will shout out back to you. <laughs> or if Sorry, anyone knows who that comedian's name. name is, yeah. Yeah. tell us. Send us a message. Facebook it, you know. Yeah, perfect. Let us know. IG it. IG. <laughs> so, so what do you call it? Instagram nation or Snapagram? IG nation? No, no, you and Dave when you talk oh, about it. Oh, we call it Pinstagram. Pinstagram. Dave calls it Pinstagram because I'm either on my, I'm either on the Pinterest or I'm on the Instagram, and so he and I think Pinstagram. he really thought that's what it was called for a while. Actually, he wasn't trying to be cute. Pinstagram. It's like you're Pinstagramming again. It's like you're not listening to me. You're right. Caught. You're Guilty. right. You're right. I am Instagram. You're always right. So Bree has to be really brave right now because her first thought wrong is is really um it's it's a hard one, you know. And I yes. think we all deal with this on some level in some quirky. It's, un- it's very uncomfortable. But um you know it's about boundaries and it's about like expectations. All these things that we hear about in meetings. Mm-hmm. Expectations are just resentments waiting to happen, and that's exactly what happened to me this week. So tell us, tell us. And I literally have such a yuck, yuck feeling right now just thinking about having to share it. Um, But here I go. I'm just going to rip the Band-Aid off. Mm -hmm. Um, I was meeting for dinner with a friend of mine. We've been decent friends. We're not, like, best friends by any means. But she just got engaged, and so we are going to meet up for dinner so I could hear all about, you know, the engagement. And um, the last two times we had been out to eat or met for lunch, I picked up the check and one of, I'm, one of my character defects is I am a scorekeeper, and it's not something I'm proud of. It is something I try to work on, and I also have what a lot you of, gonna do for me, baby? What you gonna do for me? And financial security kind of plays a part in that. I've always like mm-hmm. you, Lynn, kind of had to do. I've been single for a while, so I didn't yeah. rely on other people's money. So I do. I penny pinch sometimes, and in a friendship. In this particular friendship, I expected this time around that she would pick up the check because last time she had mentioned, you know, I got next. So a couple days before we start to meet, I start talking to, you know, Dave about, okay, well, what if she doesn't pick up the check, though? And he goes, well, she will definitely do it. Like, she said she would. She's going to do it. Don't even worry about it. So I didn't have a contingency plan in place. I I didn't have any boundaries that I was practicing. So I went into the dinner, we have a dinner, we order three sushi rolls, not to get super specific, but we order these three sushi rolls. She orders two martinis and then also orders takeout for her fiance. And wait, there's a learning lesson here for people that aren't alcoholic. When you're with your alcoholic friends, what did you want her to do before she ordered those martinis? I really was hoping, well, I was shocked she ordered a martini because she didn't even ask me beforehand if it was okay that she drank in front of me. Um, and it was a Wednesday night, so I was a little shocked that she ordered not just one martini in front of me, but also two. 
you know, you can't expect people to not drink in front of you, but as, you know, we, it was just me and her. It wasn't like we were in a big group. So I already had a resentment started when she had ordered that martini. And then in my mind, I'm thinking, okay, well, you're ordering all these martinis. You better be picking up the check. If you got money to order martinis, you got money to pick up the check. So anyways, the check comes and nobody touches it. And we just kind of awkwardly avoid it for about 10 minutes. We keep talking. And then finally, in my mind, I had this brilliant idea, this first thought. <laughs> first thought. Wrong. <laughs> that if I go to the bathroom, it'll give her an opportunity to take the check and put her card in. Do the right thing. And do the right thing and pay for the meal. It's her turn. I'll take the awkwardness out of it. I'll leave so she, you know, you know, it's whatever. So I go to the bathroom. <laughs> I can't even say the next part because it's so funny. It's so karmic. Um, I come out and there's now two checks. One check magically turned into two checks. And the check presenter is in front of my seat and I look at it and there's two sushi rolls on my check. And I pick it up and I kind of look at it. I look at her and she goes, well, I split it into, I split the check while you were in the bathroom. I hope that's okay. I didn't want you to pay for my drinks or my, you know, takeout. And I said, oh, okay. Um, yeah, sure. Uh, yeah, it's fine. And it wasn't fine. It was not fine with me at all. I, I was really, really angry. I put my credit card in the check presenter. I put it on the side of the table. When the waitress walks by, I basically shoved it at her because I just wanted to get out of there. I didn't want to sit there and talk to her anymore. Mm -hmm. The rest of the conversation we had, literally, I could not tell you anything that we talked about. I was angry and I just kind of sat there kicking myself for not speaking up, for not making it very clear what my expectation was. And finally, I, I, I was, I said, okay, well, I got to go now, you know, and, and then we left. And yeah, so then I, I immediately left, called my sponsor in the car and cried and cried and cried. What's wrong with me? Why can't I set, you know, why didn't I say what I needed to say? And um, yeah, that was, that was the situation. So there were two resentments, one about the drinking and then the second one about not having her actually pick up the check this time. Right. So one of the things when we were talking about this beforehand, as I said, you also, you, you had a test when you went to the restroom and it was unfair because it was like a test that you didn't give her any rules for. So she was going to fail. Right. Yeah. So, and so that, that's building on that resentment. Right. Right. And you don't have to be alcoholic to no. deal with these kinds of issues. Because, these situations. Oh, my goodness. They oh, yeah. happen all the time. And and the, the problem is when we don't, like, it's so much easier to say, well, you should have reminded her, like, oh, yeah, you're picking up the check, right, at the beginning. So then you could, could like, curb that stress that you had the whole time while you were thinking about it. But... It's a lot easier said than done. And kind of what Lynn was mm -hmm. talking about, these reminders, these tests keep coming up in our mm -hmm. life until we address them. And it takes practice to use that. And you'll probably do it really well one time, but what I always talk about is like when I'm first flexing these new muscles of boundaries or whatever it is, I'm like a toddler. I'm like a two-year-old, like, oh... Um, you're paying for the check. Put my hand down. <laughs> That's and, what like, I was afraid of. I was afraid that anything I would say would come out with a bad tone because I was really nervous, mm -hmm. right? Yep. I didn't know what to say. And because I felt so defensive already, nothing had even happened yet, but I was already defensive that 
I knew or I really strongly believed that my tone would be off and then the tone would be very like either sassy or passive aggressive or just plain old aggressive. Like you're not expecting me to pay for this, right? You know? (laughs) Yeah. But which would have been better having a little bit of tone and and getting your point across or perseverating about it for how many days now? Well, the former now I can look back and And not even the days after the days before this was like an anxiety what three, four oh, days? Like two fest. weeks. Well, like it was an anxiety fest. Two weeks. Two weeks. We had these plans oh, honey, for like two I'm weeks. I'm so sorry. I'm so sorry. We had these plans for two weeks, but I didn't actually start bringing it up to right. Dave and talking to Dave about it until about you know a day or two before it actually but so happened. So you had been thinking about it since so, you started. Since the plans. we made the plans. Sure. And oh. I'm a firm believer because you said you were reassured by people that it, she was going to do the right thing. I'm a firm believer in always planning for you hope for the best and you plan <laughs> for the worst. worst. And that's from being a caterer for all those years. You want everything to be perfect but rarely is it going to be your perfect it might be somebody else's perfect and that's part of this whole thing too is that because she's not really in on all those things that are going on in your head she had no idea the anxiety it was causing you know there's all this other stuff that she has no clue about that you it's very important to you right. and no one's going to know that if you don't express it right. and I find myself sometimes when especially when I'm uncomfortable about talking about money with people like if someone owes me money I apologize so much that it almost like negates any any kind of boundary I may be trying to establish but if I get it out I feel like I've won right so yeah so that was my that's what happened this week Mm -hmm. well I'm very brave and very (coughs) helpful to me to think about it and you don't have to you you can't help that you cough (laughs) you don't have to apologize (laughs) just saying that's right all right, so um, topic is self-care. Self-care. Which, as I was doing research on self-care this week, one of, so, which I didn't think about, when I think about self-care, I don't know about you ladies, I think mm-hmm. about bubble baths, mm-hmm. meditation. Bonbons. Bonbons. <laughs> In the sun. Yeah, yeah pedicure. Pedicure. Mm-hmm. Like, actual, like, physical self-care. Yeah. But I did read an article that was about self-care with boundaries and people and, mm-hmm. like, sharing your time with people who aren't worth your, or don't respect your time. And so that kind of tied into the first thought wrong too, you know, self-care, preserving your mental and emotional sobriety by setting boundaries. Absolutely. I will tell you, um, I remember when I was going to see a therapist probably about a year before I got sober or before I started my journey on trying to get sober, uh, she asked me, so what do you do for self-care? total blank and I had no idea what she even meant and that was before it was so much of a catchphrase as it is now Uh, definitely people didn't talk about it It wasn't in social media as much it wasn't on you know so much of a conversation and I really I'm like uh, you know I try to cook good food for myself which is a self-care thing Mm -hmm. but I I had no frame of reference like zero for self-care well, and self-care, I mean, I thought that was frowned upon, you know, I thought it's like, selfish. I need to care for my kids first. Um, I'm not caring for, you know, if I want to do something, mm, no, that's not cool. Mm-hmm. That was pre-sobriety. Yeah. I, I learned very quickly in sobriety that that was first thought wrong. You know, like, mm-hmm. and, and yes, you hear the thing about the airplane. This is the one that everybody uses and always uses, but you can't be helpful to other people if you're not well. And I remember being in therapy and my therapist said to me, 
you know, I don't know how long into it, but she's like, you know the gunk at the bottom of a pop can, you know, like how it gets yeah. all yucky? She's like, that's what you're running your life on, that gunk. She's like, Ooh. how are you even, you know, like, how can you change that and function better? Mm-hmm. And I was just like, I didn't, I was like, I don't know, but that was such a good metaphor for me because it was so true. I was running on less than empty. I was yeah. running on like... Well, you are in survival mode. Mm-hmm. Well, what's the airplane metaphor? Oh, you don't know. You know. I know the airplane metaphor, oh. but what if someone else doesn't know the airplane metaphor? It's a good metaphor. Oh, about how wind. <laughs> if there's <laughs> a plane, if there's a plane crash, and the um, or potential. You know, they always, well, they always tell you in the airplane if you've ever been on an airplane. Um, when the masks come down, make sure you put your mask on first before you put it on your children, because if you can't breathe. You're going to die. Die before you can put the masks sure. on other people. Of course, I have to make it dramatic. Yeah, yeah. Mm-hmm. And it's really interesting because uh, just this past week, so I work with uh, senior citizens. When I say seniors, sometimes I'm like, do the people think I'm talking about seniors, seniors in, in high, high school, school or seniors <laughs> in college? Um, I work with seniors, and there's a lady who has moved in with her mother, and her mother's doing okay, not great. She's really gone downhill the last week and or the last year, I mean, and... I've noticed her daughter is starting to, I can just see on her face, like there's a lot of sadness, stress, anxiety. And I was talking to her the other day about the classes that we offer there. Just in general, I'm like, you know, have you thought about doing these? She's like, oh, I can't, you know, I don't know if I should. And I'm like, if you don't take care of yourself, you can't take care of your mother. And we had a really, really nice conversation. And it was a good reminder for me, because what good am I to anybody if I'm not taking care of myself first? And what we say in the program is your first priority always has to be the program of sobriety because if I'm not sober then all that other stuff is going away anyway it fizzles away mm-hmm. into the yeah. depths of soda water and vodka sure. yeah well and Vicki what you said about being a mom and I, I see that a lot with moms who come into program they are finally sober so they want to owe you know they feel like they have all the stuff to owe to their yeah. husband and their kids pay and pay back right away so they're trying to pour out in sobriety, but they don't have anything really to give yet. Yeah. Like they haven't done enough for themselves yet to be actually giving from a place of like true compassion, right. or true awareness. And I think that, and that is our gear shift of going from survival mode to thrive mode. Yeah. Yeah, most definitely. And, and, and we it don't takes even, a while. It does. I mean, and you don't... I'm still trying to thrive. Like, yeah. you know, I, it's easy to go back into those patterns mm-hmm. of uh, rush, rush, rush. I went and saw this guy uh, with one of my good friends, uh, a monk, Buddhist monk, and his name is Anjan Ram. And what he said was, these days, we have way more human goings than human beings. And that one hit me really right between the eyes, and and it just reminded me of what my sponsor always tells me. Feelings can't hit a moving target, and, um, you know, go, 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 going. And what's funny about that is in my the last job that I had, when I was talking about something that I screwed up, I said, I've just been go, go, going. I literally wrote that in an mm-hmm. email to explain I missed something and blah, blah, blah. And it, it's just... I want to be a human being, and right now, not working and um, finding, trying to find a job and trying to find my purpose and, and going on this new journey that I'm on 
it, I'm trying to be a human being. Sure. Would you say that that is your definition then of self-care? Well, probably right now, yeah. Mm-hmm. I need to learn this skill because I do not have it. Yeah. it sitting still is difficult for me. Sure. Um, I've been meditating. I've been in nature. Mm-hmm. I've been walking every day. Mm-hmm. I've been... Um, I've been I've been noticing how I feel, paying attention. I mean, it's um it's it's just it's not how we're wired and especially in this society. Exactly. And especially being like, you know, that's what's so hard right now because there's such a, a expectation of of Working hard and coming home and working with your kids and doing all this stuff. All the things. There's a lot of stuff that needs to be done. But I realize how inefficient I was at being present. Mm -hmm. And now that I have the time to, like, pull it back a little bit, I'm able to practice that muscle. And I am like a toddler. Um, I just got a neon sign. When you were talking, you were talking about all the things that we have to manage on a daily basis, and that's just it. They're just things. Mm-hmm. They're not us. They're not our essence. They're not our lives. They're not what's important to us. They're things. And we let things, whether it is based or measured by money or it's measured by time, you know, those are the things that we're letting rule us, and then because of that, we have no self-care. Yeah, well... I'm just wondering why you uh, scooched back. I know, me too. <laughs> I inched backwards to get my phone because there was this amazing quote that I saw. Okay. I know. I'm like, that really bad, bro. I'm like, that was very no. dramatic. <laughs> no, well, Vicki, I like what you said um, because even, okay, when I'm sitting, you know, you got to sit still. You Feelings can't hit a moving target. I love when you said that. And I, and I thought to myself... I sit still all the time, but the TV's usually on when I'm sitting there, so I can't even be in silence with myself without the TV on or without music on. It's really hard to do that. Um, Or if I am finally getting some self-care time or what I find is if I'm in the bathtub, that's where I like to kind of do my self-care because then I can read, I can listen to a podcast, I can just... (laughs) It's so weird. (laughs) Uh, You can FaceTime. but... Times us in the tub, just FYI. <laughs> well, no, but no this full is frontal. what's so funny is you're still not being still, silent. I know. <laughs> and when I'm doing these things, I'm constantly thinking, I better get out of the tub. There's probably other stuff I should be doing. So in my mind, I think I'm checking off the self-care box, right? Because I love oh. baths so much. But I am, am I even enjoying it? No, I'm well, not. I mean, I, if you're listening to a podcast you like, I, you, you're enjoying it. If you're reading a book you like, there is something about reading that's self-care. You're just multitasking, <laughs> like, times three, which I can totally relate so, to. Yeah, but right, that's the funny part is, does it even count as self-care then? And so I found this quote yesterday. <laughs> I'll be honest. And sorry. we'll post it. Sorry, I'm kind of ranting you out here. I, I handed my phone to him and I said, read this. And to me, it touched me so deeply. And, and he looks at it. He goes, I don't get it. So, <laughs> that's a whole nother story. But it says, and every day the world will drag you by the hand yelling, this is important. And this is important. And this is important. You need to worry about this and this and this and this and this. And each day it's up to you to yank your hand back, put it on your heart and say, no, this is what's important. 
Oh, I totally get that it. That just gave me That's the I know, Thomas. me too. Look, look, look. <laughs> yep. So, yeah, and Dave goes, I don't get it. <laughs> I, I think we found our definition for self-care. Right. Yanking yeah. your hand back. Yeah. Putting it on your heart. Oh. Letting go of all the things. Let all go of all the, the things. things. So deep. I have goosebumps on my head. Yep. Who's <laughs> 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 <Goose> head bumps? <laughs> so yeah, so I mean, what I like to do for self care, I like to take baths, mm-hmm. and I like to I like to be in nature too. Mm-hmm. Like I like to rollerblade, and then just kind of like rollerblade really slowly on the bike path in nature, mm-hmm. and yeah. listen, mm-hmm. like really tune in and listen. It's funny, I was listening to someone uh, talking, it was the beginning of the year, you know, when you have all these great uh, New Year's resolutions for self-care, and uh, this one woman said, I have discovered that most of my self-care things are things I don't want to do or I don't really like. And it's exercise, it's eating well, it's making time. So that's a good topic, because Uh there are some things that we need to, like, eating for me, like yeah. food, healthy food and, and just... Or food, period. Food in general <laughs> can be tough. And I'm... Um, and But it's something that, like, I need to do to mm-hmm. sustain life and have good right. energy <laughs> and not live on gunk, you know? Yeah. Not live on coffee. Yeah, sludge, coffee sludge. Yeah. yeah. Uh, and, and I'm still is... doing it after nine years! And that was probably, like, three years before I got sober. So, like, 12 years. 12 years. years. Yeah, for the so for love me, of God. A lot of times, my self care is things that I really am going to go kicking and screaming. And I want you to know, and I've been exercising now regularly since February first, and still last week, um, I was I went on Monday, and then I was out of town Wednesday and Saturday. Didn't get to go. I had to talk myself into it at seven. My classes at eight. At seven twenty, I'm sitting on the couch going, "I'm not going," and I had twenty reasons why not to. And I got up to go to the bathroom, and I marched myself upstairs, put on my clothes, and walked out the door. I mean, it's still. It, they say after however long you um, you have a habit, so you just do it. And I'm still kicking and screaming because I can find a thousand reasons why not to do it. And then once I'm there, I feel so good and I'm so happy. And, I, you know, you get all those endorphins and the, the feel proud of me pat on the back. Right. Like, so why, why do I resist we, it? Yeah, it's so weird. And, you know, I think my sister told me that her therapist told her one time that when you don't eat, you're punishing yourself. You're starving yourself, and you're punishing yourself. And I was like, oh. I think it's just I'm lazy. I don't want to cook. Well, I was just going to say, every the reason I avoid anything is because I'm lazy. So, yeah, we know we have this stuff that's really good for us that we yeah. should do and can do and is going to make us feel better, but we don't do it. Sure. And sometimes we it's go hard. Kicking and screaming it's going to be hard. We do. And I haven't been to a class now. It'll, when I go tomorrow, it'll be a week. And I know it's going to be hard because I've been, you know, doing other things but not having that activity level. Well, we can level. send you a text message and cheer you on <laughs> because that's the power of the we. Like yeah. um, the, the we program and a being accountable. Like that is, um, I remember at the beginning, five simple things. Pam used to tell me to do five simple things. And, and that was my self care. My The first thing was to. Um, ask the higher power of my understanding um, for help in the morning to stay sober and thanking him at night or he, she, it, the spirit, the divine, whatever. Um, I did that. Uh, The next one was to call her and five other alcoholics every day. I did that. Um, The next one was to read some type of AA recovery literature. I did that. The next one was to um, go to a meeting. And then the last one was don't drink. 
That was self-care at the beginning. Mm -hmm. That's still self-care. But now I've added on different layers, and it's just, I don't know, it's just that accountability to her. Like, she asked me to do it, and I was accountable. So we can be your accountability, like, cheer you on. And And the part of me that wants to beat myself up is, why am I not enough to be accountable to. And I still fight that every day. It's like, why am I not enough? Why do I why do I do for everyone else but still feel like a lot of days I'm not worth worthy and worth it? Well, I think that wow. hungry, angry, lonely, tired is an important part mm-hmm. of this piece. And I think you have been mm-hmm. super busy. Yeah. Like for a month straight, Lynn. Well, so then part of self-care is saying no to other people. Mm-hmm. Whether you want to do what they're inviting you to do or not, yeah. Sometimes you just got to say no. Like I always admired, I had a small group leader. They were like a couple and they had like a day of the week that they'd block out that they just didn't make plans. It didn't matter what you were asking them to do. That was their night together. Sure. You know, and so sometimes we have to do that for ourselves too. Schedule in time for nothing. Yeah. yeah. And we hear a lot, like I hear a lot in the rooms, people will say, oh, I have this graduation party to go to and I really don't want to go. There's going to be tons of drinking. I'm so busy. I have all this stuff. My weekend, you know, my summer's just been so busy and I really well then don't go send a card and your regrets and don't go Mm -hmm. you know don't self-care is also not putting yourself in situations where you just really don't want to be there if you're not going to be there and be happy and be pouring out compassion and love I mean yeah we still have to go sometimes to things we don't want to do but it's okay to say no to the busy. I think the only time it's not okay is if you're like the bride. Yeah. Like, <laughs> like honestly, show up to your freaking wedding. <laughs> I mean, you could, and people don't even notice when you don't end up showing up. Right. Like they notice, they wish you were there. But when you say, hey, I wasn't feeling great, I just couldn't go, or whatever it is, people understand. Right. Yeah. And if they don't understand, there's yeah, a red flag. flag. Right. Yeah. 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 And I mean, I had a relationship where I would set boundaries, like I'd get invited to do something and I'd say, I, no, I really, I, I don't want to do that. And they'd ask, well, why not? And I'd say, well, cause that doesn't sound interesting to me or that doesn't sound mm-hmm. fun or that's not how I want to spend my, my money. That person's not my friend anymore, yeah. probably because I set those boundaries. But. Sure. And that's a great topic that we are going to discuss at a later date is about those toxic relationships because they do infringe upon our self-care. They really do. Yeah. Trying to people please is can be the biggest hindrance to self-love and self-care. Yeah. Okay. So I think we talked about what self-care is. And we t- Well, did we touch on why it's important? Well, a little bit because you can't bit. you can't pour out if you've got nothing in yeah. the glass. Yeah. Okay, so then I think we should end um, with what two of our favorite self care activities are, and and you started with. Yours. I already said mine. I like baths and rollerblading in the park. Okay. Yeah. How about you? Um, one of my favorite self cares is to be in my room with music on that makes me smile, reading a good book. Ooh, I like it. Yeah. And the other one is exercise. And and I've rediscovered, I was really, really active all through my teens and in my 20s and early 30s until life got in the way and I started um, uh, having issues with, with myself and with my life. And that was the first thing that I let go was physical activity. And I've rediscovered how it makes me feel it's and it's it's such a self-esteem self-confidence builder and I you know I lost all of that and using that 
um, muscle muscles again has really helped me discover the Lynn that I'd lost. And you know, I had a friend tell me um, that I've known for 25 years. Uh, they saw me last year and they're like, "You're the old Lynn." And the old Lynn, like times two, improved. And it's because I'm rediscovering myself, and the physical activity is definitely a big part of that. Well, awesome. mine has got to be slowing down. Number one is the is the. Mm. Uh, ability to take my time. Even when I'm walking Frodo, which is one of my favorite self-care activities, I just let him like explore yeah. and it's so fun. And then I guess my other one has to be right now meditation. Like mm-hmm. I've really been spending more time in that quiet space and, and I've been challenging myself and I haven't been able to do it. But so, okay, so when I take a walk, I usually listen to a podcast mm-hmm. or listen to a book or music. So um, so lately, instead of listening to a podcast or a self-help thing, I've been listening to calm meditation music on my Pandora station as I walk the dog. And then the other day, I was like, well, maybe I should just do it in silence and just leave my phone. But leaving my phone gave me so much anxiety that I still <laughs> brought it. And I did it in silence, I think, one time for a few minutes, and then I turned on the music. So um, I am going to challenge myself this week to... Leave the phone at home and take him on a walk. Awesome. And I think when you do that, Vicki, because that's one of my favorite things too, you're going to notice the birds. And there's so much. I do notice the birds, yeah. I will say, but but not everything. That, that ambient sound. Um, can, I, can I segue for a minute because this is uh, kind of funny? So one of my favorite songs of all time that I always says makes my heart swell is Peter Gabriel, Salisbury Hill. And they did a remake version a couple of years ago, and they actually recorded sounds from Salisbury Hill that's at the intro of the song. And it's kids playing, it's birds, it's dogs, it's all these people at a park. And it's one of the most beautiful things. And that's what I always think of when I'm outside. It's like, if you turn off all that extra noise, all that white noise, and just listen and soak it in, it's it's so beautiful. Well, because you feel the energy. Yeah. It's like, that is yeah. the energy of life happening yeah. around you. Yes. I agree. I know what feeling yeah. you're talking about, yeah. and I am feeling it yeah, just yeah. listening to you. Yeah, yeah. When you're tuned in, mm-hmm. when you're tuned in and not yes. checked and out. That, and that's being mindful. And that's, yeah. Well, and then going back, <gasps> I mean, we talked about why self-care is and why we do it, but that just, the whole other purpose of just being in tune with your feelings, where you're at, mm-hmm. how your life is going, so then you can make adjustments, right? And kind of just know where you're at in your lane. Because if you're not... You know, I don't, when you're go, go, go and always work yeah. with other people and listening to all of the other noises coming in, you don't know where you are. Like, mm-hmm. where do you find yourself in space and time right. and, you know. And I think we just found our golden nugget. And what about not you? What about your inter, and this is deep, guys. This is dorky. <laughs> is this, this too is heady? Baseball. But, like, like the interconnectedness with that energy, right? Like, mm-hmm. it's not just that mind in our head it's like the how are we connected to yeah. all that like we need that they need us like are we connected with awareness or just connected because it's like the next task mm-hmm. you yeah. know yeah yeah Ooh. I like it ding 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 ding, ding. okay ding, so ding, let's, ding. let's if you don't mind verbalizing the golden nugget the golden nugget for me is being self-aware enough to be in your space in your mind in your heart at that moment 
Awesome. My golden nugget was what Lynn said about some self-care things are things that we don't <laughs> jump at to do, but they're the most important. So we don't want to do them, but they're really good for us. Eating healthy and exercising and sitting quietly in the bathtub without reading or listening to podcasts or FaceTiming. <laughs> you don't want to do it, but it's good for ya. Vicky well, was just posing as the um, gargoyle she, on a building. <laughs> I don't know what she was she doing. Was in gargoyle pose. She totally was doing the gargoyle. The self-care on the gargoyle. I like to be in, you know, yeah. I don't know. But I am not going to even say Yeah, I, I knew what you were going to say. She was going to say she likes to be in funny positions. <laughs> Is that what you were going to say? Well, I had to say it. Yeah. Um, so, so I guess my golden nugget is just really like I thought I – even when I think I'm doing self-care, sometimes I'm not. And that I have to be open enough to realize um, where I'm, I'm lacking and, and where I can – or where I can enhance, take away that word, where I can enhance my self-care. And now that I have the ability to, like, play with this and, and, and really explore it, I just need to be a little bit more disciplined. And that, if I can, I'm gonna, that reminded me just now to set aside prayer. Because everything that we think we know, all these preconceptions that we think we have, if you can set those aside and be open to what is at, in the moment. A new experience. A new experience. Yeah. So I'd like to just end with another quote. I'm full of them as I was researching self-care. You got you to gotta nourish to flourish. Awesome. So one of the things that I say is, you know, you can't pour from an empty cup. Yeah. And fruit doesn't grow on a withering tree. And I heard in a meeting once from a real newbie, and it was so cool. And I'm sure people have said it around me many times. But when she said it, it, um, it just... struck me and it was you know how you have a saucer and you have a cup of tea and if your cup is you know like you can't take the tea that's in your cup what you should be doing is using the stuff that's in the saucer I'm totally saying it wrong (laughs) I'm like where are you going with this but like basically is you have to fill your cup up first and when you fill your cup up the stuff that flows is what you can help other people with the stuff that's in the saucer I still think I said it a little funny, but I'll 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 find that girl Refine and it, try yeah. and try and get back to you on that. And or if any listeners know what I'm trying to say, <laughs> um, and could like post it on Facebook and help help a girl out. Help a girl out. Right, and then share with us what you're doing for self care. Mm-hmm. I want to know what else you're doing or what you think self care is, why it's important to you, what you get from it. And we're going to be sharing some of the quotes that we talked about today. Vicky's going to research her analogy for the saucer. <laughs> and so, yeah. Yeah. This is good. Yeah. This is good. Well, everyone have a fantastic week. Try yeah. out. Try out. Try out. Don't forget, at Apple Oddcat, add Apple. That's all, folks. Apple Podcast, rate, subscribe. And review. Love y'all. Try out. We here at Telling On Ourselves, thank you so much for listening. Please, if you like what you heard, rate, review, subscribe, all those things. We're on social media all over the place, at Telling On Ourselves. Can't wait to hear. Bye-bye.